0: Welcome to episode 3 of Captain's Vlog, the podcast aimed at Clipper Race Crew in Training and published by fierceturtle.co.uk, an independent blog for Clipper Crew. We are independent and have uh, no links or associations with the Clipper Race, Clipper Ventures or Clipper Training. Um, so, to get on from uh, from that uh, little bit of a disclaimer, um, first of all, I thought we'd talk today about leg five, pros and cons. I've done blogs on legs one to four pros and cons in the past, and I've been asked several times to continue with the remaining legs to give you an indication of what I felt personally were the pros and cons of each leg. So, uh, I've decided to do the rest of these by podcast, primarily because it's easier for you to access and easier for me to deliver and publish. So please, uh, I hope this is um, useful. If you have any comments, then you can comment on the Anchor FM app, just download that to your smartphone and you can um, send me a comment. Alternatively, you can comment on YouTube where these are published on the Fierce Turtle YouTube channel. So um, feel free to interact and, and share your own views of Leg 5 as well. So, pros and cons. Well, first of all, Leg 5, what does it normally cover? I mean, this does vary from race to race, but in large part, Leg 5 is a race from the east coast of Australia, going north through um, Cyclone Alley, as it is um, rather worryingly called, um, through into the tropics and um, through the doldrums, it is, as you might expect, primarily a very warm leg um, because it stays in the tropics for the, the, most of the way across to um, China, which is the, the sort of the Asian area is where it finishes on most uh, most races. It used to finish in Singapore, um, and in the past, it stopped in other locations in that area. it has been Hong Kong uh, and and China various ports and there are, as of the time of this podcast, now three important Chinese sponsors. So um, the idea that the race is not going to go to the East Coast of China anytime soon is is probably unlikely, but um, that's well above um, any sort of uh, information that I have personally. Um, It's a long race. It is traversing the um, Coral Sea, uh, the Solomon Sea, uh, the South Pacific uh, goes through the Sulu Sea and the syllabus Sea, I'm not sure how you pronounce it but I've been there a couple of times, into the South China Sea before it finishes um, normally um, in one of the Chinese ports. Now um, that's a long old race, it's in a, a warm part of the world Once you're through Cyclone Alley, which obviously has to be managed carefully by the uh, race committee and so so to make sure that there's no building cyclones when the race leaves. Um, But once you're through that area, you're into sort of doldrums-style weather for a large part of the race, although it can vary depending on the season and, of course, on on your latitude. The course varies, but um, as I say, it it, it normally ends up, eventually, it's going to end up in the South Pacific and then um, through some smaller seas and into the South China Sea to finish. The advantage, as I see it at the moment, is that leg five is now more likely, and this is only speculation on my part, to end up being split into several races, and I think that is a definite pro. Um, because if you are only doing one leg and for some reason your boat has an issue or a crew member is taken ill or injured and you have to uh, abandon the race temporarily in order to deliver them to safety, then that's your race pretty much done. And if that's your only race, then of course that is pretty um, uh, frustrating. So I think the fact that leg five may and now lend itself to being split into several different races, is definitely a, uh, a bonus. Uh, that means you've got more than one bite at the cherry to get your moment of glory on the, um, on, on the rostrum. So, um, that's a pro. Um, what else is a pro? Well, if you're, if you're not a cold, cold uh, water or a sort of a cold environment person, then definitely leg five is one for you, because it is a warm, warm leg. Um, because of its location near the equator, you are talking about um, very warm weather. In fact, for me, sometimes unbearably warm um, conditions, above deck and below deck. Of course, you're on a race boat, so above deck, you're not going to have any obvious shelter, and with the sun so high, you just need to be able to prepare for that and make sure that you have the right kit. So it's got to be UV protection, it's got to be wicking kit that is going to be comfortable to wear, you're going to be very warm, needs to dry quickly because you'll have lots of rain squalls and rain showers and what have you. So it it is um, something you have to manage for in terms of clothing. You probably want a lightweight shower jacket and some quick drying shorts and um, as I say, it's not a problem being cold, but it is a problem getting wet. And then once you're wet, if it gets windy, you will get cold, especially at night. So um, it's important that you manage that. Um, but it is warm, and therefore, uh, yeah, for some people that will be a real bonus. The The other thing which is potentially a pro or a con, depending on what you're looking for out of the race, is that um, it's most likely that this is one of the races where you will see much less, in the way, of big Cs. Um, you're not going to see the big following seas that you get in the Southern Ocean uh, when you're racing down in the roaring 40s. So from that perspective, it's not quite as extreme. You don't get the same sort of surfs and boat speeds that you get in other oceans. But at the same time, it is quite challenging because you've got lots of uh, light airs and then squalls. And if anybody anybody who sails knows that actually sailing a boat, especially a heavy boat, in light airs is, is much harder than sailing it uh, quickly in heavy air. So in terms of sailing skills, and also in terms of tactics, and the speed at which your crew can do evolutions, like changing spinnakers, um, you are looking at um, leg five as being a real challenge. So it's definitely um, a challenging leg for that from a tactical perspective and also from a um, crew efficiency perspective. Um, And that of course is a pro if you're looking for a challenge. Um, Another added bonus, which is everybody has their own reasons for doing the race, but um, it is nice that it's almost certain that you're gonna be starting somewhere exotic on the east coast of Australia. And you're going to be ending up somewhere um, pretty exotic, certainly for those of us from Western Europe uh, and the States. Um, in Asia. So that's an advantage. You go through some parts of the world that are pretty remote and rarely seen by most people. So sailing through the Solomon Sea is, is a pretty special experience. Um, it is very much, I've felt, very I've been through there twice and felt it was otherworldly. Um, the charts are fairly um, limited and yeah, the, the whole place is just, it's a very, you know, there's volcanoes and there's, there's, um, um you're on the Papua New Guinea coast for a while and it, it is just pretty surreal place. Uh, not a lot going on there uh, and it's very beautiful. So that is uh, certainly an advantage and, um, you're probably going to end up, um, finishing somewhere pretty exotic. You're also going to sail through some fairly well known, um, waters that are, um, are um, well, if you listen to the press, teeming with pirates. Um, there is a piracy risk in the South China Sea and in the Sulu and Silibius Seas. Although, in my experience, the piracy risk is very much more driven towards large shipping. Um, it's a professional operation primarily driven by um, the desire to create or, or, or gain other people's money So a well-crewed yacht travelling within sight or VHF distance perhaps of other well-crewed yachts is on balance less likely to find itself having a problem. There are ways of dealing with piracy um, threat and uh, the Clipper Race have got quite a lot of experience of this and as far as I'm aware there's never been any issues with uh, that side of things. Um, It does add a little frisson to everything else um, having to travel through these areas but... um, it's not, in my experience anyway, it's nothing like sort of Somalia, which is very much more a um, both financially driven and politically driven, and of course all the other troubles in the world at the moment. It's a much scarier part of the world. So um, it, it tends to be, I think, that piracy in most parts of that part of the world are driven almost like on-water muggings rather than any um, more nefarious motives. So... Um, yeah, so that's a that's an element of the race, but it's not um, a significant one. It's cons. Um, certainly for me, anyway, I'm not really um, extreme heat. I don't really get on with very much, and um, you will experience extreme heat on leg five. It's very very warm. Um, below deck the deck head tends to radiate the heat into the boat. Uh, you've got a lot of hot sweaty people trying to sleep below during the day and in the evening, and it's very difficult to sleep. I found it almost impossible to sleep during the day and that can mean that the boat because it's under pressure with sail changes and all the other pressures that you have during a race and when you're traveling across an ocean um, it can um, have quite an impact on crew. So if you have any weaknesses or friction um, abrasive characters within your crew then it is likely that um, the warm weather of Leg 5 is going to highlight those issues. So it's very much something that crews on that race should be bearing in mind and just making sure that everybody just winds their neck in a little bit and is a bit more um, um, concerned about other people's well-being. Certainly on this leg. Um, You're not going to get the same sort of big surfs and surfing that you'd get in the Southern Ocean or the North Pacific. So if you're looking for that sort of thing, you're better to go to one of the um, higher latitude uh, races. And um, it's relatively light airs. That is... a pro and a con. It's challenging. You're going to be doing a lot of cell changes, and you're going to be probably using a lot of spinnaker and and um, um, changing spinnakers a lot when you can uh, to get the most out of them. So um, it's going to be challenging in that respect. And um, as I say, you're going to go through all sorts of different conditions dependent on what's actually happening in, in the 13-14 race when I was on leg five we actually ended up beating into 25 knots plus of wind for quite a long period of time uh, which was quite unusual given where we were Um, but um, that sort of thing can happen of course so um, yeah it it will definitely be a challenge but for probably slightly different reasons than leg three or leg six which are perhaps a little bit more high testosterone and um, for those that are seeking out huge waves and massive boat speeds so that's pretty much it for leg five. Um, the only other thing I'd say about leg five, obviously it's a long way to travel from Western Europe, so it's um, it's gonna add expense if you're just doing one leg. And I know a lot of people actually add um, a few legs together so that they end up coming back from Australia to the UK, which is great if you can do that, if you can afford the time and the money, um, because it means that you've done half a circumnavigation effectively. And uh, in mileage terms, probably done almost an entire circumnavigation of the um, radius of the globe. So it's, um, it's quite nice to, to sort of tail end the race that way. And you then get to do other legs as well. So you see the whole gamut of different experiences. Um, make sure that you, uh, in terms of top tips, I would definitely suggest, um, without a doubt, that you bring along with you your own personal uh, fan. That's sort of a. Um, Just a small fan that you can buy them for probably a tenner from Amazon. Um, They clamp onto the bunk above you or somewhere suitable. And um, if you plug that into a decent battery pack, one of these um, 30,000 milliamp uh, battery packs, that's going to give you quite a lot of time. You can recharge it when necessary. And it's going to give you um, cool or cooler air on your face, which is, I found, the only way that you could actually get off to sleep. and not being able to sleep in warm conditions for a long period of time when you're working hard it, it is pretty draining. Certainly for me. So um, make sure you invest in one of those. Some of the boats will also invest in larger fans which they'll install to try and keep air moving down below deck. I, we had them on, on uh, my boat when we did it in 1314. 14 uh, Also in the 1112, we had them. Different boat design of course between the 68s and the 70s. And on the 70s, I found that trying to move air around the accommodation area was pretty difficult. Um, Whereas on the 68s, putting a great big fan um, up near where the life jackets are normally hung helped to blow air through the boat and and actually vented it quite well. So, yeah, your skippers will have different ideas, um, which I'm sure they'll discuss with you. Um, It's important that you keep as clean as possible. Um, it's going to be difficult because of, obviously, water may be, well, water will be in demand, and it may be that you, for some reason, you have a problem with your water maker or something like that. So if that happens, you're not going to be able to wash with fresh water. And washing with salt water, unless you rinse afterwards with fresh, is just not feasible because it you just get all sticky and salty. So make sure that you... um, Get, whenever you get the opportunity to wash normally in rain squalls make sure that if you're on deck that you get the opportunity to um, to strip down quickly and um, get a bit of soap out and have a wash makes a big difference to how you feel and makes a big difference to the possibility of getting infections um things like eye infections stuff like that if you wear contact lenses be very very careful because introducing infections into your eye that part of the world you're a long way from helping and whilst the boats carry antibiotics it's really, you don't want to have the misery of carrying some sort of infection on that leg. Um, Otherwise, I think probably, I'm sure there's plenty of other things that people would suggest. You're not going to need a heavyweight sleeping bag. You will probably want something to lie on because if you're hot bunking, you don't really want to lie in somebody else's sweat on that bunk. So some sort of base, and I used to turn my ocean bag inside out so that I was lying on the bobbles. but... um, um, I left it open, Um, some sort of little privacy screen, it's not a bad idea, some sort of silk privacy screen that you can hang across your um, uh, bunk just so that you can lie there with less clothing on and um, not have to um, expose yourself to everybody else on the boat and it just allows you to cool a little bit more and allows the sweat on your body to evaporate and keep you cooler. Um, Maybe a lightweight sheet Very lightweight cotton or silk or something like that that you could just wear over you um, on a night, uh, when you're off watch at night, just to to keep the chill off you. Um, Make sure you've got plenty of uh, UV protective clothing, so long-armed wicking tops. Uh, Make sure that um, you're thinking about the sun. The sun is very, very hot in that area, and um, you don't want to get sunstroke or sunburn or anything like that. So be thinking about that and um, uh, yeah just direct your thoughts basically to the fact that you're probably going to end up with with temperatures approaching 40 degrees centigrade down below deck uh, during the day and so think about how you could best live and sleep and and generally exist in those temperatures. And when you're on deck, you're going to be in blazing sun near the equator, so it's going to be very, very warm and you need to be well protected with a decent sun hat, probably two in case you lose one, because otherwise you are going to be in big trouble without a hat in in that area. that's about it, I think, for leg five. I would say it's a challenging uh, leg. It's it's more challenging than perhaps some people think looking at it because they think, well, it hasn't got all the big waves and everything else necessarily that the leg three and leg six has got, but it has got other challenges, which I hope I've sort of highlighted for you. And uh, it's a rewarding leg. It's uh, great if you like seeing parts of the world and seeing exotic locations. Um, it's um, um, If you don't like the cold, it's definitely a leg for you. And um, it's... it's um. It's really part of the rich tapestry, which is the Clipper Round the World Yacht Race. So uh, if you're doing Leg, fit, leg 5 or thinking of signing up for Leg 5, uh, I hope this has been of some help. And um, I'm sure that plenty of other crew, uh, former and existing, will have their own ideas. And uh, please do share them um, either on the Anchor FM app um, or alternatively on YouTube, where there's a comment section open. Thanks very much for listening and um, speak to you again soon. This podcast is entirely independent and in no way endorsed by the wonderful folks at the Clipper Round the World Yacht Race, Clipper Training, or Clipper Ventures. <music>